Hello, I'm Elise McDonald. I'm Lauren Suzuki. And this is A Love Letter 2. Where we write a conversational love letter to our favorite things from pop culture. Grab your stationery and let's begin. This week, our love letter is to The The Ballad Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And if you do not know what this is, this is the new Hunger Games movie. It takes place on the 10th annual Hunger Games. So years before Katniss's time, and it kind of shows like the uprising of uh, President Snow and how he got to be the evil man he is. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, um, this episode will be coming out on the day that the Hunger Games movie um, comes out. And Mm -hmm. so you might be wondering, Lauren and Elise, how do you know all about this if it just came out today? And let us tell you. Let us tell you. So our best friend, Sophia, um, also known as Shots by Sophia, um, she has, I wouldn't say like an influencer because I know she doesn't like that word, but um, she has a social media presence, if you will. And so for that, she gets to go to early screenings of movies and she now goes to school. Elise hates She doesn't live yeah, there. Yeah, Elise hates when I say I mean, she it's true. There. She does not live there. She just goes to school She goes there. to school there. Um, mm-hmm. She goes to school in California. And so her location is still set to Seattle um, for some of these screenings. And so she said, like, hey, Lauren and Elise, uh, do you want to go? Because I have these passes, but I can't. Um, And so I said, of course. So we ended up getting to go to this little premiere of some sorts. And I think we should give a recap. But first, let me tell you, Sophia was like, I was like, well, Will there be, like, other famous people there? Because, like, I'm trying to see famous people. You know, like, what if I just, like, go and then, like, I don't know, like, Maya Hawk just strolls in. Like, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I don't think we recognized anyone. Although some people definitely, like, you could tell, like, they might be famous. Mm-hmm. But I didn't recognize them. It, apparently it was mostly, like, influencers that get invited that have, like, what, like, 10,000 followers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we also sat next to uh, a drag queen. Yeah, winner of season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race, I think. Yeah, and that was kind of cool. And then, like, I complimented their dress. And they were like, thanks. And then just walked off. Nothing really (laughs) happened. But it was cool for me. Um, Anyway, so we walk in and they're giving everyone these, like, white roses. And I don't know. I didn't know what it was about. Did you, Lauren? Well, I knew that roses had something to do with it because in the trailer, there's the scene of Snow giving Lucy Gray the rose. So I was like, okay, this is this is something. And also a fun touch, or something that I thought was a fun touch, was that all the, like, staff who were working for the, like, uh, screening had the, like, red oh, outfits yeah. on that they do in the movie. Yeah, because in the movie, Snow is, like, a schoolboy still. So... They were all wearing, like, the outfits of all the school children. It's going to be so hard to talk about the movie without spoiling it. I say we just spoil it. What? You're crazy. Okay, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll see where the wind takes us. We'll see where the wind takes we're us. We're going to spoil it? That's wild. Well, I mean, we'll see. I don't think we can. If we do, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll give a forewarning. Spoiler alert. 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 Um, anyways, it took us a while to get our seats. Um. Because I think, I don't even know what happened, but, like, they had, like, assigned seats, but then they had to, like, make some for us. It was kind of awkward, whatever. We sat down. 
Um, and one of the most enjoyable parts of the night for me was um, they were like live streaming to a ton of theaters oh, yeah. across the country, like that premieres were happening in. So like Seattle, like Dallas, like New York, blah 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 blah, whatever. And there was a like red carpet in L.A. I believe, mm-hmm. and the one interviewer lady, I felt so bad, but it was also so funny. Yeah. Like, every time she... So she would interview people, like, actors from the movie, right? Or, like, directors, writers, whatever. And she'd be like, so this person, like... For example, one of the, like, villains in the movie has, like, two different colored eyes. And she was like, so I can't believe that you came up with that idea all yourself. And she was like, oh, no, like, let me get this right. And this happened not once, but twice, not once, twice, not three times, not four times, like five times. Yeah. Five times. And it was she like just messed in a row, too. I feel so bad. I don't know who was screwing, screwing up. I don't know if it was like the producers like telling her, oh, I think this happened. Or like, I don't know, but it's like. Like our radio teacher Natalie always says, like don't say something if you're unsure about it. But there she was breaking like every press but rule the, ever. Yeah, the thing is, you thought that she was sure because she said it with such confidence. And one I remember was she was interviewing Peter Dinklage, um, and she was like, "I can't like I'm you've done a lot of stuff like you were the voice on Seinfeld," and he was like. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because I just want to set it straight that I was not the voice on Seinfeld. <laughs> and the whole, like, audience just, like, gasped. But the movie itself, I thought was a good movie. And I thought it was a good film. But if you aren't into, like, if you don't like scary movies, I don't know if I'd watch it in theaters. Okay, well, my thing is, I'm not a fan of scary movies, but I loved this movie. I don't think it was so much scary as much as there were moments of suspense. And some of the violence got kind of graphic. I disagree. I think the violence was too graphic for me. And, like, I've seen, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is, like, definitely arguably worse. But I just think that, like, I would have enjoyed it and, like, a lot more if it wasn't as obviously it's a hunger games like duh people are gonna like get killed or whatever but uh i don't know i just like like normally i feel like in movies like they kind of like don't actually show the person getting stabbed and they like cut to it like their face or something you know mm-hmm. but like they just like showed it yeah <laughs> like, there, there were a few moments where i was like oh like, I kind of, like, physically, like, cringed. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yes. And, like, also, like, bodies would, like, drop to the ground from, like, high, high Places. <clears throat> heights. And instead of, like, showing them falling, they, like, show them falling and hitting the ground. And it was just a little too real for me. Um, And it, like, freaked me out. And then I, like, cried a ton after because I was just, like, really freaked out by it. Um... I think part of the reason could be, like, with, like, everything going on in the world right now and, like, the genocide that's happening. I just, like, felt too real. Um, I think it was, like, a normal response, but. Yeah. I think something that was interesting, kind of, like, on that note is um, one of the, oh, I think it was Suzanne Collins, who's the author of the book and the screenwriter for the film, 
um, they did an interview with the uh, lady who kept messing up, and <laughs> I think her name was Naz Perez. I'll call her by her name. I feel like I feel like it's kind of rude, but um, they did an interview with Naz Perez, and um, she was like, "Hey, like, what do you think is the main takeaway you want viewers to get from this film?" Um, kind of like getting out, like, "What's the theme?" And the screenwriter said, "Like, where's the line between like how we govern ourselves?" I mean, I think he's putting out a very strong message. I think it's interesting that he said that because I feel like it's just so obvious that it's like, well, duh, like you picture a society that's like in shambles, like morally, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel like it's not like a thinker. It's really not. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not a thinker kind of a question. So I don't. I don't really know why he fully, like, chose to say it like that. Well, or just say that in general, because it's like, duh. I think I got a different takeaway from the movie. I think he said that because he didn't want to give too much away from the plot. And it was obvious, whether you've seen it or not, that it is about how societies work, how you govern yourselves. But I think for me, I had multiple different themes from that. And actually, when I got home from the movie, um, we got on FaceTime with Sophia, our friend who um, was able to get us to the screening. And I was like telling her, and I was like writing a full Google Doc of like the symbols and the themes and what like questions and what does that mean and like all this stuff. And I was like, this is so like I was just so in my element as like a prospective media studies student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you get into that, I've gotten into that over one movie one time which was the king of hearts so i definitely understand the like rampage that some movies can put you on Mm -hmm. like i wrote like a 900 word email to my teacher after yeah so i get that um i just think what he said like earlier about like how should we govern ourselves it's like that's just the overall theme of the hunger games yeah and like the overall theme of like a lot of dystopian like, novels and films. Yeah. Um, But kind of what I took about it, like, in the end, I was just, like, power corrupts. And, like, we see that in the movie. Um, And, you know, I I don't think that Professor Snow, like, had ultimate power by the end. But I think just being on two different... Like, Professor Snow, like, his love interest in the movie, or present president snow but back then i guess he's just called snow um snow's love interest in the movie is a girl who is like from like district 12 but she like travels around whatever and so like i think when i say power corrupts i don't know if i mean like um like actual power like like being a guard or whatever i think i mean like just the the levels the districts and so I guess it does connect. Yeah. You know, it reminded me a lot, actually, come to think of it, mm-hmm. of Brave New World. Um, It's a novel. Lauren, have you read it? I have not. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that the one where... Wait, wait, wait. Describe the plot. It sounds really familiar. I mean, it's a dystopian novel, and it's basically about a society where they're, like, conditioned by the government to like certain things for um like the overall state like the country's benefit 
And in that, they have different levels of people. But they're programmed to, like, like where they're at and not to, like, hate on any other level. And that's kind of how it is with the districts. Anyways. um, Also, okay, so can we go over our little, like, film tidbits that we liked in specific? Um, so this will be a spoiler starting right now. Um, come back. Skip this in three minutes and i'll let you know if we're still spoiling oh okay all right spoiler begins now so this isn't actually that much of a spoiler but i I want people whenever they listen to this to like really soak it up um so in the film the like evil like main character that kind of shows um snow his ways later not really pictured in the movie but we can kind of assume um what goes on after and she goes like i will want a rainbow of destruction oh yeah yeah, yeah. and at the end of the film snow had just killed his, his fifth kill um one of which being like like the love of his life um and then he goes and kills his uh what's it called like not principal like the dean the dean and he kills the dean because the dean was like the dean made up the idea of the hunger games as a silly little like project school project for his friends um but then they ended up using it so the hunger games is his idea and he's always like drinking and stuff like drinking these weird like drug whatever i didn't i don't even know and it's because he feels like guilty about creating that creating it all and then snow poisons him um i don't there's not much reason to it but i think that was done intentionally because it kind of shows there's not much like reason to his madness and he poisons the dean and then he walks up and stares at like this like massive statue in the middle of the capital also by this time he has like money again yeah um and he's like at the cream of the crop and then he, like, looks at a rainbow of, like, mist. And I was like, okay. Because mm-hmm. I remember her saying rainbow of destruction. And I was like, whoa. So that was one of my top faves. Lauren, I would like to know what was your... I know you have a lot. So yeah. You can, that was kind of my biggest symbolism. I don't know if I um, remember all that much else. So, Lauren, take it away. Um, I have a full Google Doc, so I will just touch on the things I think are, like, the most, that were the most key to me. And I think, uh, like Elise was saying, her theme of the film, I think my, like, kind of topic of the film is power dynamics and how that um, plays into interpersonal relationships and how that plays into Snow's relationship with himself, his relationship with Lucy Gray, his relationship with his family, and his classmates and yeah, um especially tigress especially tigress and also, like those he works with don't mean to cut you off no you're good but for the people that are hello people that just came back from the spoiler spoiler alerts i'm gonna have you guys jump ahead another three minutes okay. continue um yeah so power dynamics and how that plays into um choreo and lucy's love or one thing i was saying about this with uh sophia is 
do we think that Corio and Lucy's love was ever real? And my answer is no, because it was always based out of a place of Corio trying to get his way to have his power dynamic um, play out so that he can get the scholarship, so that he can win the Hunger Games and whatnot. And so I think in a way it was always controlling her. And I think one scene that kind of like just tips you off into that is when like she's behind the bars in the zoo and he's like outside like trying to give her help. And she like goes to kiss him and he like backs away and then one of them says like is this real and I think it's like I think for the average Joe one would be like oh my gosh is this real like cute little like I don't know like tropey thing I think that came out of a place of like genuinely like this power dynamic it's not it's not what it seems um and one thing I thought was interesting was how his love for her becomes almost parasocial when after the Hunger Games he's he and her are, like, pushed away from each other um, because he still has this preconceived idea of her um, after the Hunger Games and how I think that becomes, like, almost a parasocial relationship. Um, and then you explain for the viewers and me what you mean by parasocial? Yeah, so parasocial is, like, imagine, like, a K-pop stan being like, oh, my gosh, I love this K-pop oh. idol. They're in love with me. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, how you're in love with a preconceived yeah. idea with someone who, you don't, who like, you don't know well. Yes. Um, and then one other thing that I thought was really great is the complexity of the Reaper character. And he is one of the tributes, um, and he's the one who's known to be, like, oh, yeah. really big and scary, and he kills all these people. Um, but, like, at the end of his life, he's the one who, like, brings the bodies together in, like, a semi-grave and puts the flag over them. And then when the snakes come out, he, like, succumbs to death and kind of accepts his fate in that. And I think that really shows the duality of him and how, um, he is ultimately selfless, although he's portrayed as not that in the beginning. That was quite powerful. I will have to agree. Yeah. Um... One of the, there was like a jump scare when like at the beginning that Reaper did where like the like advisor or whatever is talking to him at a table and then he like reaches out and I genuinely like let like my whole body jump. Yeah, like I think our whole row just like jumped. You could see yeah, it. It I was funny. Popcorn, but surprisingly it didn't spill. <laughs> okay, this one this one I won't spoil too much. I'll just leave you if you're going into this film, one thing I think you should think about a question um, that I think really relates to this film well is how quick are people to turn on each other if they feel threatened? Oh, and yeah. take note of That's that beyond who's in the arena. Take note of that between family connections, between work connections, um, between um, love, and just how quick are people to turn on each other when they feel threatened. Yeah, I think that was a big... I agree. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that was, like, as much a theme, but it was definitely something present. And I guess maybe it just connects back to, like, if you don't have security within your government, you might not feel secure yourself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, overall, I would say it was a great film. Um. I would not watch it again, at least not in theaters. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. I'll probably watch it this weekend. Wow. Oh, yeah, I think we should tell the story of our car ride home. I think that'll be... I don't know if I want to relive that moment. <laughs> sure. we, can, we can just tell them quickly. Okay, I'll tell them. So we're riding home, and I'm, like, going crazy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, well, like, 
I can't believe this and this and ah like I was just I was screaming I was just like my brain was like like processing everything and Elise was like crying (laughs) and Elise was like I needed to be quiet right now and I was like no I cannot be quiet so I start playing this horrible song (laughs) I I never want to hear it again people will know it it's called Boogie by Brockhampton and it's that one song with like the sirens where it's just like really noisy and loud and I was like I just need some like music that's gonna like match how like my like brain is running right now. I despise that song now. And it, it never was that great, but has a new meaning. First topic, not doing a music artist. Yeah. Go us. Hopefully we'll expand a little bit more in the upcoming years, months, decades. Who knows? Weeks, days, hours, minutes, seconds. You guys never know what's going to come. You never know what's coming. You never know. Um, And I think we should leave it on that. All right. You'll never know what's coming. You'll never know. So, dear Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, we, we love, love you. you. XOXO, XOXO, Lauren, and Elise.